Howard and I would like to dedicate this episode to our dear friend Leslie Mackley, who passed away earlier this week. She was simply wonderful and always loved a giggle. Shark Baggerly. Shark Baggerly. Shark Baggerly. Hello, and welcome to Shark Baggerly. And as usual, stand by for loose and disorderly, which is what it means. Episode 55 we're on, which is also the same number of wife sales recorded in Britain between 1840 and 1880. The weight in ounces of the average human liver and days it took Johann Herlinger to walk from Paris to Vienna on his hands in 1900. The Austrian walked the 870 miles in 10 hour stints, averaging 1.58 mile per hour. And his record of the longest distance walking on hands still stands to this day in this Guinness World Records. Hope you're doing okay wherever you are in the world. Howard certainly made me smile when we caught up, having just been to the hairdressers. Oh, your hair looks nice. You oh, got it done. Yes, thank you very much. You know, you always comment on it. It's really sweet. Thank you. Oh. So I'm I'm working on a, a new recipe because we've had some requests for a class teaching beef Wellington. So I've been looking at, at kind of beef Wellington recipes, and uh, I'm I'm not going to practice it very many times. My goodness, it's expensive. Mm. <laughs> yes, it is. It's yeah. So it's a it's a piece of of basically like a, what do they call it? Beef. I mean, it's beef, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> oh, having said that, H, you can do it. I've had a couple with venison, which works really nicely. A few? Yes. Oh, right. Mm. Well, I'm going to be doing a, a vegetarian version as well, a beet Wellington. Oh, so, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, but yeah, it's, it's, it's normally done with, like, really kind of high-quality meat. And so I... Um, Pop down to Waitrose this morning to, uh, you know, the supermarkets are available. And uh, <laughs> I said, Have you got a piece of, I still can't think what they call it now. What's it's it steak, called? isn't it? It's, but it's it's a kind, I keep wanting to call it a fillet. That's what I'm trying to think of. Fill it with right. fillet. <laughs> you do fill it with fillet. Oh, you're on form today, aren't you? <laughs> yeah, so I said, Have you got a piece of, of, of fillet? beef that's suitable for doing in a beef wellington and i thought i thought i don't know why i'm telling him uh for four people because i'm thinking i don't know who these four people are but i just imagined it would look nice if you did it so i mean when i actually make it it'll just be for me and peter so but yes yeah, so i said to him the butcher have you have you got any fillet steak you know he went into the fridge at the back and brought out this massive fillet, you know, mm -hmm. really, really long one. And he said, I can cut you uh, a piece of this and then the rest of it will use the steaks and what have you. So I'm saying between about 500 grams to 750 grams and he cuts a piece off and it was, he said, is that a bit too much for you? So I'm thinking he's going to tell me how much it is money wise. Yeah. I said, well, what is it? He says 800 grams. I'm thinking, well, that's not really telling me. <laughs> it's not really helping. So it's just a little bit smaller, maybe. So what's what's that now? How much is that? He says, it's now 600 grams. <laughs> so it's like... 
<laughs> I think you just wrap it up. So he wrapped it up and it was £32. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, what, one of the components of the Beef Wellington is that you do sort of like uh, sauteed mushrooms around it before mm. you wrap it in pastry. And these are called, well, they're written Duxels. D-U-X-E-L-L-E-S. Oh, I've got some right. of those in my um, alarm clock at the side of the bed. <laughs> oh dear. but i thought how do you pronounce it so i ended up going on to youtube oh katie you've got to go on and find this bloke it's it's a a guy called julian french with julian and if you put in how to pronounce duxels it tells you and it's so hilarious i've got it here is there anything happening, H? Oh, can't you hear it? <laughs> <laughs> no. Because oh, I'm in hysterics here. Julian Miguel? Yes, yes. Okay. Bonjour, this is Julian, the Frenchman who makes French pronunciation videos here on YouTube, and we are looking at how to pronounce this French cooking term. <laughs> For reference, in French, in France, we pronounce it as Duxel. The S is silent at the end, so do not pronounce it. Duxel. What happens here is that we have in French the very... Duxel. He's probably from, he's probably from Bolton originally. <laughs> oh. So you're hooked on Julian now, are you? Yes. This week. Uh, I've got another class coming up uh, on Saturday and one of our American friends, uh, it's got a stock cube in it, and one of our American friends uh, said, what's a stock cube? Oh. So, yeah, so they don't have, they, they have something called, well, B-O-U-I-L-L-O-N cubes, yes. So then I went back to Julian to ask how to pronounce that. So it's, it's bouillon. 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 Ah. We've got those in our supermarket shelves, those. Bouillon. Yeah, but I, I would still have called them a stock cube, even though it says yeah. bouillon. Mm. Yeah. Well, only because uh, you and I can pronounce stock cube. <laughs> yeah, we're just, we're, without Julian by the side of us, we're struggling, aren't we? <laughs> But I, I did have a look. I thought, who would have done a beef Wellington? And I thought, surely at some point, Fanny Craddock would have done a beef Wellington. Mm. You would have thought. So I put in Fanny Craddock beef Wellington, and it's led me to this wonderful page called A Tech Ops History. So basically, it's people who have worked either as camera operators or sound people or, you know, general crew on TV mm. and they go on and they share their memories of, wow, of what it was like to work with people. Oh, wow. So there's all sorts of dirt about, well, not dirt, really. <laughs> <laughs> Funny credit for sort of flicking a fag ash everywhere and, and uh, yeah, and uh, <laughs> how lovely Delia Smith was and what have you. Oh, how funny. There's, there's one bit here which I loved. It says, um, so she did do a beef wellington using a lump of fillet steak, which even in those days would have been very expensive. 
and uh, some people were complaining that she never cut up food for the crew, that she'd take it home. Uh, this guy here who talks about Fanny Craddock doing a lemon meringue pie, and she had pies in various stages of construction, including the final version, with lovely peaks and meringue, nicely brown at the peaks. And she said, don't eat the pie, boys. It's polyfiller and paint. <laughs> so... <yeah. laughs> Well, they do, don't they, for the adverts and things, always use, yeah. is it for custard, they use yellow paint, so it makes Does it look vivid, yeah. Mm. Oh. Mm. Oh, how right. funny, I like Interesting. that. Yeah, yeah. Apparently, looking at uh, the Beef Wellington, it was traditionally using goat meat. Really? Mm. I didn't know that. Yeah. Wow. Um, I'm wondering, is Beef Wellington mostly in this country? I wonder if they, they have it the rest of the world. Well, I think I think the reason why some of our American friends have, have said they'd like to do a class, I mean, they, when they realise how much the beef costs, they probably, we'll probably get nobody signing up for it. But I think the fact that they have wanted to do this either suggests it's something that, that is very, very British or it's something that people have found a little bit tricky. Mm. So, uh, mm. yeah. Oh, interesting. That's good. Mm. Have you seen the Great British Bake Off musicals being promoted? No. Mm. But yeah, apparently the yeah. Great British Bake Off, they're doing a musical. I can't believe you didn't know this. You are Mr. Musical. Yeah, and, and I've been on Bake Off, you know, as well. So does it say who's in it? When I last, oh. last looked, it didn't. It says, um, based on the television baking competition. I wonder if you're going to be featured. Oh, wouldn't that be amazing? You're bound to be. With your elbowed what's-its and your custard, missing. Elbowed muffins and custard and what have you. I don't know. Mm, I've just seen this now. Billed as a heartwarming and wholesome comedy, the production will follow eight amateur bakers as they compete to impress the judges under the gaze of a pair of presenters. I wonder if it's a bit like a chorus line, where it's looking at individual stories uh, and how they come together and, and what have you. Because who would play you? That's the thing. Tom Cruise? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> George Clooney. <laughs> oh, you're so, you're so kind. <laughs> I bet they found this bloke called Tom Clooney from somewhere. <laughs> oh, now, hang on. Hold that thought because, you know, you going back a few, I guess, months now. Was it Keith somebody thought you were? Yeah, when I went to um, to talk <laughs> yes. to uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, See, I do listen. Uh, yeah. We had a message from Elaine. Now Elaine Shropshire, which is nice, isn't it? Elaine in Shropshire, or no, Elaine that's whose name. surname is Shropshire. Shropshire. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. I adored you, Norman, on Great British Bake Off. You've just made my day. I'll be listening to Shat Bagley podcasts tonight. <laughs> <laughs> oh, do you know, I've been mistaken for Norman before. I, do you know, when Norman was on, Norman was, was on the year after me. Mm. And uh, I, I think uh, everybody said, oh, Norman's the new new Howard. And I think Norman at the time was probably about 10 years older than me. So it wasn't the most, <laughs> you know, flattering sort of thing. But, yeah. Um, oh, but, but Elaine, because I know you then said, 
didn't you? I'm afraid you won't hear Norman tonight because it's Howard and Katie. But uh, she came back and she went, lol, no idea where I said Norman. I don't even know any Normans. Oh. <laughs> oh, dear. Uh, while we're on this, um, the subject of some messages, hi to Betsy McDonald for Joan. I hope that's pronounced correctly, or Betsy McDonald for Joan. Or Howard, he was a favourite. Says, I've uh, I've just added Shat Bagley to my podcast library. Looking forward to listening. What have you got, H? I've got uh, hi to Rose Picardo, uh, who was going to tune in. So I don't know whether that means she was going to tune in and then something better came up. But uh, <laughs> hopefully at some point she'll find out. Sarah Elizabeth Haig, she was on episode 18 when she got in touch. She likes to listen on her early morning walk before work. Oh, that's good, isn't it? Going on an early morning yeah. walk before work. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And uh, Jessica enjoyed, as she says, Shaq Bagley latest. All right. Yeah. Okay. Good, good. Hi to Kathy Evans. Lovely words. Late to comment, but regarding that awful American biscuits, butter and onion soup debacle, my friend made a Pillsbury version in high school after a home economics class. A lady with Pillsbury showed up and handed out recipes and she made it. It wasn't that good, even for us in Iowa in the 70s. Overwhelming <laughs> onion. So that's going back a bit, isn't it? Thanks very much indeed, Kathy. So Kathy and uh, all the ones we mentioned got in touch on Facebook. Hi to just north of Seattle. I love this podcast. I look forward to every episode. And then we've had a message about Chow Chow H. Oh. Mm. Cindy Holburn. Hi to you, Cindy. Another person listening from a peninsula off of a peninsula in Washington <laughs> State. Brackets, but a different peninsula than Port Townsend. Close brackets. I don't know if you got the answer to this, but Chow Chow is a relish similar to what you would call a chutney. It's made oh. with green tomatoes, green peppers, cabbage and onion. And among its spices... Um, it uses dried mustard and turmeric, so the finished relish is yellow in colour. Plays havoc with your wooden spoons, if I, I'm thinking. Oh, and, uh, I, I, do you know, I've been using some turmeric this week. It's, it's terrible, isn't it? You've got to be so careful. Mm, yeah, and then we've had Laura from Dallas, Texas. Mm. Howard was trying to remember a couple of weeks ago with references to chow. You were saying about, what was you thought it was from? I, I thought there was a reference to Gypsy, yeah, that they, I thought they referred to Chow Chow or, or some, it might have been Chow Mein or something, mm. yeah. Well, Laura says, Ros Russell, the movie is anti-mame. No. She... <laughs> <laughs> oh. Oh, unless, oh, unless she's in that, uh, she is in the film Anti-Mame, which was then uh, remade as the musical Mame with Lucille Ball, but... But yes, she is in anti-mame. So, so I wonder if Laura is pointing us in the direction that the actual reference to Chow Chow is Rosalind Russell in anti-mame rather than when she appeared in in Gypsy. Uh, oh, we don't know. Don't they are know. then. There you go. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, you kindly um, mentioned my hair earlier when we started. Yes, were you not recording? I said it looked lovely. <laughs> 
Oh, trust me, when a man says that, I was definitely recording. Been to the hairdresser, it's a real, I tell you, she's just, she's a good friend, is Sarah, who looks after me, and we have so much, we have such a big laugh. Anyway, a couple of things she mentioned today, which I've got to share with you. Oh, dear. Do you remember going back, and there was the Ruby, who works at the hairdressers, her father is a chief in the London Fire Brigade. Oh, yes, and yeah. Um, when they were growing up and still to this day they have he'll come home and in the middle of the night he will do um, a smoke alarm go off yeah and yeah. hand them blindfolds and they've then got to go downstairs and outside the door within two minutes and if they don't do it they're just going to keep doing it and this has happened since she was what three years old well he's at it again so he's oh. he's brought home <laughs> they've all got now smoke masks so oh. yes and they have to put them at the end of the bed and when dad comes home he'll check have you got your smoke mask so dear ruby's just got a boyfriend which is lovely and of course <laughs> <laughs> he wakes up into the bedroom and he went what the devil's this so she said oh don't it's my dad it's a smoke mask please don't ask so that's ruby's boyfriend not got a smoke mask no didn't they need... oh no. they need two <laughs> <laughs> and then part of this hairdresser's they've got a stand-up sunbed have you ever been in one of those where you put your arms up don't you and... <laughs> i'm thinking it's like a stand-up comedian but <laughs> stand-up sunbed yeah have you ever no, been in one uh, yes i have been in a stand-up sunbed mm. uh, years and years ago yeah yes yeah well they were telling me about this chap who is now banned from said Stand up Sunday. Yeah. The first time he went in, they went in afterwards and, and cleaned it as you do. And they went, hmm, it's a bit wet in here and a uh, bit of a smell going on. And oh, then they looked yeah. in the bin and, and so they asked, Has anybody done anything? We, no, no. So they cleaned it up, whatever. Second time, the same thing happened. They thought, Right, I think we know what it is now. We have to set a trap. So the third time and the last time this gentleman came to use the stand-up sunbed, they had emptied the bin, the little bin by the side. They'd emptied it all out. And yeah. sure enough, as he came out, they looked and he'd weed. He'd weed in both the sunbed and the bin. What's going on there? <laughs> oh, God. I, I can sort of understand it if you're sort of caught short, but you you... You'd go before you went in the sunbed, wouldn't you, I think? We have had the problem uh, over many years that people sometimes get in the lift and... Uh, mm. Yeah, I know it's awful, but it, it's like there's something about being in an enclosed space for some people that just makes them think, ooh, I need a wee. But, but there um, is a toilet just outside of the sunbed. Yeah, but if it's stripped off, then... <laughs> It depends which is the worst, the lesser of two evils, weeding in the bin or popping out and getting, you know. Mm, but you'd clean it up, yourself. wouldn't you? You would clean it up afterwards. Oh, yes. Yeah, well, he didn't. Yeah, absolutely. Well, he you didn't. wouldn't leave it. Well, he did. No. Yeah, he did. So that's, that. yes, yeah, so he was banned. What's the, what do you think they nicknamed him? <laughs> I don't know, God. <laughs> Excuse the language. Pissy Pete. <laughs> you see, my thought instantly was, oh, you mustn't have any um, sort of fluids with electrical items. Surely to goodness he could have done himself a mischief. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. 
Oh, no, that's that's not on at all, is it? Although I suppose they do need to wipe it down, so it does need to be reasonably waterproof. But even so, you're mm, right. Not nice, yeah. that, is it? No, not no. nice. No, it's not nice. Oh, dear. Shall I tell you what I found? Oh, yes. Yeah. It's um not a huge amount, but I just quite like the look of it. And then I don't think it's anything to do with vacuum cleaners, but it's Dyson's cookery book. Have you heard of Dyson's? No. Other than the mm. vacuum cleaners and the... Uh, what do they call those things you dry your hands on? Uh, hand dryers. <laughs> what? What's those things called that you do you dry your hair with, Howard? What? What's that called? Um... Hair dryers. <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> So this is the Tyson's cookery book. Apparently, it was a make of flour and pepper and desiccated. It was obviously a brand, a brand name. Anyway, they've got a little forward which says, cooking can be a very pleasant hobby. <laughs> they've got a little forward. <laughs> I'm sorry, but you're getting a little forward. <laughs> Do restrain yourself. It says, cooking can be a very pleasant hobby and a profitable one. A good cook is worth um, her weight in gold, so there you go again. Um, but it just says here, this is not being extravagant because strength goes, and it's in block capitals H, strength goes in at the mouth. This is an old adage, oh. but a very true one. I've never heard of that. Yes, I have. Ah. Yeah. Strength goes in at the mouth. Yeah, I've heard that. Mm. It's, it's funny, isn't it, how sometimes sayings, they sort of pass you by. There was something on, I think it was on last week's Great British Menu, and they were talking about in the north of England, how the, you know, when you get an ice cream, mm. the strawberry sauce that you squirt on, squirty strawberry sauce. We always used to, in our area, call it shampoo. Um, <laughs> I love a bit of shampoo on my, <laughs> on my ice cream. And apparently in Leeds, that area, they call it monkey blood. Yeah, I'll have monkey blood on my ice cream. So I think sometimes sayings and, and that can be very, very regional, can't Oh, they? right. I, I can't remember what we used to call that. Yeah, I'd never liked it. It was too sweet. Blech. No, I don't like it either. And then I thought I'd share with this now. It's called Information and Hints. There's quite a lot of stuff that you think, yeah, I know that, know that, know that. But some of these I didn't know. So, for instance, a teaspoonful of lemon juice put into water when boiling rice keeps it white and keeps grains separate. Have you heard of that? No, no. For, for pies, puddings, stewed fruit, add a quarter teaspoon of bicarbonate, bicarbonate soda, to each pound of fruit. It saves one third of sugar. Have you heard of that? No, although I think when my nan uh, used to cook, um, not very well, I have to say. <laughs> She'd put bicarb in a lot of things, in with, with vegetables and things like that. They used to put mm. bicarb in. I don't know why. No idea why. Uh, white of egg to beat when half beaten, add a pinch of cream of tartar. This prevents it falling. That is true. Uh, uh, when you are beating egg white, a little bit of acid will help with the structure. So it can be lemon juice, it can be vinegar or it can be cream of tartar, and cream of tartar is a powder, so it's not going to add any liquid to it either. Oh, get you all serious again. I know. And then how do you <laughs> remove fruit stains from your hands? Wash them. 
you know, we're still without any hot water. We've no oil at all. <laughs> no. Oh, bless you. Do you know, I thought, I mean, I have to say, as well as your hair, that's a lovely jumper as well that you're wearing. It looks really nice and warm. But is that, it's is that a, part it's, of the reason? Yeah, then, it's over all the clothes. Wearing... Yeah, it's over all oh, the clothes. Oh, gosh, still wearing up. Mm. Oh. Um, so if you have fruit stains on your hands, dip a crust of bread in vinegar, rub over the stains and wash your hands in hot, soapy water. So they are, dip a crust of bread in vinegar and rub over your stains. Again, do you know, <laughs> there's people pay for that, you know. Can you, can you rub me stains with vinegary bread, please? Oh, dear. Um, no, I, again, it's one of those things where you think, how did anybody come up with that combination in the first place? Mm. It's like, oh, I've got stains on my hand. I know, I'll cut a slice of bread and dip it in some vinegar. As you do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You did make me laugh though earlier when you said about the beef wellington serving four. It always tickles yeah. me. It's like when you go and get um, like a pack of chocolate or something and it says family size. Well, it's not, is it? I mean, that's it always no. tickles me. No. And then, yeah. And then they put those ridiculous seal it sticker things so you don't eat it all at once. Useless because you do. You open a bag of sweeties and they're going to go. Yeah. And, and quite often, I think that those resealable packs don't work properly in any case. So it's sort of almost encouraging you to keep going, isn't it? Because you don't want to go off, do you? No, not at all. No. <laughs> <laughs> Got empanadas coming up on uh, <laughs> on Saturday. Oh, yes. Yes. <laughs> Sound like an eruption. Oh, bless you. I've got my empanadas coming up on. <laughs> it's because it's you've been sitting on that cold step again, darling. <laughs> I've got bagels as well. So. <laughs> I've not mentioned about my mum, have I? <laughs> What's she been doing now? In the kitchen. I said to her, what's this on the, on the worktop? And I said, it says Tuesday. She said, oh, no. How's that got on there? What I do when I have a yogurt, when I open the yogurt, I'll write on a little label what date I've opened the yogurt. So she said, I must have got a blank label on the yogurt because it's this Tuesday on the worktop. So she's clearly missed the label because she's partially sighted and written Tuesday on the worktop instead of on the label. But she said, this morning I spoke to her and she said, I don't know why, she said, I, I was dreaming about that, that yoghurt last night. So she said, I dreamt, she said, I dreamt somebody came in, she said, I don't know who it was, but they came in and they said, I've, I've brought you yoghurt. And she said, which one have you used? I've got one already open. And she said... It's sad when you start dreaming about the dangers of having the wrong day on your yogurt. <laughs> Thank goodness for Howard's mum, June. If you're interested in the Great British Bake Off, the musical, it's premiering at Cheltenham Everyman Theatre on the 21st of July. And Dyson was a Yorkshire firm from the 1950s who supplied not just flour, but other baking and household goods. 
And what I should have mentioned is that Ruby, whose father is the chief in the London Fire Brigade, not only does he set the smoke alarm off in the middle of the night and give them a blindfold to wear to get out, he also makes them walk backwards in their blindfolds down the stairs and they have to be outside within two minutes. And if they're not, they have to do it again until they are. So that's it for another week. Thank you for listening and see you next time. <laughs>